With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Dane's been waiting long enough. Uh, His name is Dane Brugler. He was on the College Draft Podcast this week. I'd have him on every week if I could. He is an absolute stud. Check him out on Twitter, at DP Brugler. His rankings, his everything. Dane knows everything about these guys. Like, even kids I know from high school, he knows things about them in high school that I didn't know. It's unbelievable. Dane, it's Ross. Twice in one week, man. Good to talk with you. You too. I, I got to tell you, that lead-in, uh, if this is a prospect interview, I don't know if that's a, it's a red flag or if I'm <laughs> more likely to draft you now. I can't tell. All right, so, Dane, you are young-looking, but can you at least be with me and agree with me on 80s music? Sure. I mean, I, I was born in the 80s, um, and, you know, I went to plenty of 80s parties in college. Uh, so, you know, I, I've got my fill. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I... Like I said, I, I at first I was a little, I don't know, this might be a red flag, but the more you got into it, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm with it. I'm liking this. So, yeah, I'm with you. You know what? You know why you should like it? You know why it's not a red flag? You want people that are passionate about things in life. And you know what, Scout Brugler? I am even more passionate about football than I am about 80s music. And that's the type of passion I'm going to have for your team if you draft me. I love it. I love it. That's, <laughs> that's sold. Third round grade. All right, so here's the deal, all right? Trey Lance played FCS football. I played 1AA football. He played one year as a redshirt freshman, and that's it. Then he played one game this fall, and now he's supposedly a top 10 pick. So he's got his pro day today. I guess the first question, Dane, is, is this like the most important pro day ever? I mean, where, where do you put this in the in the pro day all-time importance rankings? There's no combine. He played one year of FCS football. Right. Obviously, this uh, pro day carries a little bit extra weight uh, just with, uh, you know, you set it up, 17 starts at the college level. 
Uh, he's an unprecedented evaluation. There's no other way to say it. Uh, obviously, we've seen players from the FCS level uh, go to the NFL at quarterback, find success. Carson Wentz, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, go back to Steve McNair. Uh, but we've never seen an FCS quarterback with, uh, you know, only 20 years old with such meager experience, uh, but also have his talent level uh, go to the NFL like this. So only 17 career starts and none of those starts against FBS competition. Uh, a lot of times, you know, he might have one game against Iowa State or something like that. Not, not with him. And because he's only a redshirt sophomore, we don't have the benefit of the senior bowl or, you know, to see him with uh, better competition. That's something that really helped Carson Wentz and Jimmy Garoppolo uh, when they were coming out as seniors. So uh, it's really an unprecedented evaluation. And that's not a reason to not draft him, but it does make it a little bit more of a challenge, um, especially because at North Dakota State, uh, they they have their offensive identity. They're not going to change just because they have uh, maybe a higher level quarterback. Uh, in his 17 career starts, uh, Lance averaged 18.6 pass attempts per game, while the team averaged 45 rush attempts per game. So this is not a, a quarterback that had to put the team on his back and make things happen. Uh, he did it plenty of, plenty of times, but that's not how the offense is set up. So uh, his pro day today is going to be well attended by NFL teams, just like his one game was back in October. Uh, and they want to see him throw the ball, how the ball comes off his hand. But more importantly, it's going to be about the interviews for Trey Lance. Where is he mentally in his development? Um, I think North Dakota State did a really nice job in terms of uh, getting him ready for this moment. Quincy Avery, his quarterback trainer, who works with a lot of NFL quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson, has you know he, he's told me how advanced he is for a 20-year-old. And that goes back to North Dakota State and what they do during the week uh, in terms of putting more and more on his plate, uh, preparation techniques, uh, things like that. So on game day, he can set protections. He can uh, make checks, do all these things, and have that freedom. So even though he is 20 years old, even though he has meager experience, I think teams are going to be impressed when they have a chance to sit down with him and really talk to him. Uh, unfortunately, this year, it's just going to be all virtual. You know, in past years, they'd be taking him out for dinner uh, last night before the pro day. We're out for lunch today after the pro day. Not going to have that opportunity this year. It's all going to be virtual. So just everything's different, and that's going to make it really interesting for a player like this who's, again, such as an unprecedented evaluation. So, Dane, I know you know this. How did he get to North Dakota State? I mean, he's 6'4", 220. I've seen him throw a beautiful deep ball. He's got a strong arm. I was reading the next-gen stats. He's got four carries over 20 miles an hour. Like, he, he, he appears to be a total physical freak show. How did he get to North Dakota State in the first place? How does that happen? Uh, born and raised in a small town uh, in Minnesota, uh, about 150 miles west of Minneapolis. So, you know, that's that's the first thing. And he was really a running back uh, most of his life until he got to high school and they moved him to quarterback, becomes a starter as a sophomore. And it kind of grew from there. He got better and better. Um, but, you know, even as a senior, he was playing safety. He had 54 tackles and three interceptions as a senior safety, which you don't see a lot, uh, you know, with these top quarterbacks. Usually they're quarterback only, and that's it. They're going to quarterback camp since they were 10 years old. That just wasn't the case uh, with Trey Lance. And so as a recruit, you know, a couple FBS teams did look at him. Western Michigan, uh, they offered him right before signing day. Boise State got in the mix a little bit later. But at that point, he was already set on North Dakota State. And, you know, he goes there, red shirts, and then has that uh, prolific red shirt freshman year where uh, he had uh, what was it was uh, 
uh, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, it was just a remarkable redshirt freshman campaign. Led North Dakota State to the FCS national title. Uh, I mean, drew it up textbook, what you want. Uh, but it's the only season we have to go off of, based uh, or ex- aside from that one game in October. So the sample size isn't great, but the talent is sure intriguing. Talking with Dane Brugler from The Athletic, at Brugler on Twitter. By the way, Dane's the only one that knows 54 tackles for Trey Lance at senior in high school. Nobody else knows that. 54 tackles, three interceptions. I guess the last one on Lance, because I want to ask you about a couple other guys, is just is there a player in the NFL comparison that you like? And has there ever been another circumstance like this where a guy really only played one year? You know, we've seen guys, uh, you know, at the quarterback position play one season. Um, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, obviously, uh, you know, that was well, well, well talk, a lot talked about during his lead up to the draft. But the the one quarterback where you, you can draw some comparisons is Kyler Murray. When you think about the skill set, now Lance is bigger um, and uh, Kyler is a little quicker. But in terms of the sample size, the number of starts, it, it's similar. Um, in terms of, you know, on tape, you see a lot of one read and run throws. Uh, but you see a smart guy who's able to create. Um, you know, he has the arm talent, but he also has the mobility. So I, I think there's some comparisons there uh, just in terms of style. Now, again, uh, Lance is bigger, not quite as quick. But, uh, you know, in terms of uh, what they did at the college level and uh, what they could do at the next level, I-, I think there's some similarities. So, you know, but this is unprecedented, really. When you Again, when you talk about a, a player from the FCS level having such meager experience and not having the benefit of the senior bowl. You know, Carson Wentz, he only played – or he was only a, a year-and-a-half starter at North Dakota State. But him going to the senior bowl really helped himself. That went from a, yeah, he could probably be a first-round pick to all of a sudden he's in the top three mix and the Eagles are trading up for him. So not having the senior bowl, not having that combine, that's uh, that, that's a, it's a, it's a missed opportunity, unfortunately. But again, that's not the reason not to draft him. It just makes a little bit more of a challenge when you try to figure out, okay, where does he – uh, where does he stack, especially in a class like this, where there's a lot of other quarterbacks with Lawrence and Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac, uh, uh, Mac Jones. So plenty of options at quarterback in this class. You mentioned that. I'm curious, is, is Lance your number three guy or do you have Fields ahead of him? It seems like everybody has Lawrence one, Wilson two. I guess not everybody. Sims has Wilson one, but most people have Lawrence one, Wilson two. Is it Lance or Fields three for you? Um, I, you know, I, I think right now I've got Fields three, Lance four, but those guys are neck and neck for me. Um, I, I do think Lawrence uh, is the clear top guy. Uh, and then Zach Wilson, I, I've, you know, back in the fall, I kind of put it out there that, hey, this guy's got a chance to be the number two uh, quarterback. And, you know, it, it, that's really kind of come to fruition. I we talked to people around the league. It, it, they, they love Zach Wilson. They're, they're really intrigued with what he can do and that skill set. And then three and four, that's where it's interesting because I think you have Justin Fields and Trey Lance both have a lot to offer. Uh, Physically talented, I think it really comes down to figuring them out mentally. Where are they in their development? Um, You know, with Justin Fields, what he was asked to do in that Ryan Day offense compared to Trey Lance, what he was asked to do in North North Dakota State, very, very different. And so uh, three and four to me are very close. And then you've got uh, Mac Jones who, you know, it's – Mac Jones is difficult because, you know, you have – if you list the, what you're looking for at the quarterback position, you know, the traits, you start with decision-making and accuracy. Those are one and two, and Mac Jones has that. 
so, you know, I, I think you have to look at everything else and say, okay, is he good enough in these other areas where, you know, he, he's going to be a guy that, you know, can be a starter for us. And so each team's looking at that differently. Some teams that have a more established roster are going to be more interested in him, while some other teams that, you know, need more out of their quarterback, they won't be as high on, on the Alabama quarterback. So a really interesting dynamic and uh, between these quarterbacks and how the teams are going to view them. It's kind of crazy. I mean, you probably know some of this off the top of your head, Dame. Aren't there some, like, Power 5 schools that – haven't had a guy drafted at all in like 20 years at the quarterback position. Meanwhile, North Dakota State's going to have a second top 10 guy in like six years. I mean, give me a couple of yeah. programs off the top of your head. I'm sure you know a couple that haven't had a guy drafted or drafted high in a long time. Well, Ohio State was like, they, Ohio State had not had a first round quarterback in a long, long time before Dwayne Haskins. Um, and obviously, Ohio State is cream of the crop when you talk about recruiting, you talk about college level players, um, and, and they had not produced, uh, you know, a, a high level quarterback. I mean, you, you could go back to the 70s. Um, and, and, you know, they've, they, they, it, and it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, North Dakota State has really done a great job identifying these guys and then developing them. And that goes back to what they're asked to do, or what, what they're asked of their quarterbacks in terms of during the week and their preparation. Um, really, really impressive. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of programs, uh, you know, even before uh, last year with Tua, you look at Alabama and the quarterbacks that they produced. Not a high, lot of high-level quarterbacks. Even during the Nick Saban era, uh, Tua was the, the, the first first-rounder in a while. So, yeah, there's plenty of uh, top-level college programs that have not produced the type of quarterbacks that North Dakota State has. Here's what you got to do. You got to check out Dane on Twitter at DP Brugler. Check out all the stuff he's doing for The Athletic. You can hear him earlier this week talking about the guy that was a punter basketball player only as a junior in high school that might get drafted at tight end in the NFL draft on the College Draft Podcast, part of the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. Dane, you are the man. I meant what I said. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thanks, Ross. There he is, Dane Brugler. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well... 
If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We know that quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for you and your partner whenever you want. Two beds in one, firmer or softer on each side, you decide. And it helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature as well, quiets their snoring, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number does everything. My Sleep Number setting is 75 Sleep Number Smart Beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. You will never need another bed. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So I haven't talked to this guy in a while, but he's a buddy. He's an absolute stud. Frank Isola, the Nets studio. I didn't know Frank was the Nets studio host. He can't say anything bad about him now. He's the Nets studio <laughs> host for Yes Network. Now, why, you got to give me somebody objective, Fritz. You can't, he can't say. <laughs> I know. I love Frank too much. He's, the, he's your guy. Oh, my God. He, he probably has more jobs than I do, which is hard to do. Nets studio host on Yes. Sirius XM NBA Radio, the starting lineup host. ESPN, Around the Horn, and PTI contributor. And at some point, Frank and I were on the same show. I have no recollection when that was or what show it was, but I know we were on. Frank, it's Ross Tucker. How you doing, buddy? Ross, I'm doing really well. I think we did SNY. It was either SNY or maybe a show on NBC. And I think back then, it was probably more than 10 years ago. And I think you said that Tom Brady will be done after this year. I can't see him playing <laughs> beyond 30. I think that was your call, if I remember correctly. I, I don't know if I said that. Uh, <laughs> I, I do want to get your thoughts. Look, I wanted John, Frank. I can't stand the Nets, everything about them. Now, truth <laughs> be told, like McLovin, I'm a Sixers fan. So we'll get into that yep. in a second, okay? But... I do need to start with the Patrick Ewing news because nobody knows, you know, James Dolan, Madison Square Garden, the inner workings of the Knicks, everything better than you. What is your just initial reaction to the Ewing comments yesterday? I'll give you a blank slate. Well, I think 
first of all, I think Patrick was a little tongue in cheek. And I also think that after you win a game like that and every two he's walking and every two steps, he's getting asked to show his ID. I get how that could be frustrating, but the security guards are being told to check everybody. And in this world that we're living in with COVID, I'm sure they want to be worried about which groups of people are moving into a different area. I get all that. I'll tell you this years ago, they had a rule at Madison Square Garden where they said no one, unless you have a pass, could you get to certain areas. James Dolan, who owns the place, rolled up, and there was a security guard there at the booth and would not allow him to pass. And he got upset, but the security guard, again, was just following the rules that he was given. To me, it wasn't that big of a deal. I think Patrick was excited that they beat Villanova, and he probably thought it was annoying that he kept getting stopped. Ross, if you go to Staples Center, the security guards there wear red coats. To get back to the locker room, you have to bypass three levels of security to show your pass. You know how many times I've walked into the locker room and the final security guard will say, we'll look at the pass, and I'll say to him, how do you think I got this far? You think I'm James Bond? <laughs> I had to pass four different guys just to get here. You know I'm legit at this point. All right, so here's a question, Frank. NBA coaches, right? Because obviously the players are the players, but NBA coaches – where do they have the pass? Like in a pocket in their pocket, right? They have a pass, right? Yeah. And it also too, everyone's wearing kind of the same uh, you know, now everyone's wearing kind of the same uniform. So it's not an issue for NBA games. But a lot of times the coach will walk off the court with a security guard. They don't get stopped. You know who ends up getting stopped a lot of times? Undersized NBA players trying to get into the players' entrance at games. Because the security guard will say, uh, you don't play for the team. Say a guy like Carson Edwards on Boston, who is like 5'11". You could see a security guard saying, you don't belong here. Patrick Ewing, I, I'm surprised that the security guards didn't know who they were, but I have sympathy for this is probably their second job, right, to make ends meet, and they're told, check everyone's pass. That's what they're doing. All right, so was it a smart move by Ewing because we're talking about it and Georgetown hoops so much and the fact they beat Villanova, or – Bad move because it's overshadowing the fact that he probably got his best win as a college coach. Yeah, that, 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 that is a fair point. Again, I think in the euphoria of the moment, you have a million things going through your head. You, you just beat Villanova. You're going to get prepared to play either Seton Hall or St. John's. Obviously, that result hadn't been decided yet. And you have a million things on your mind. You're walking through the building where you played, and every two feet you're getting stopped. It's it's the kind of thing that the average person isn't going to be upset with. I think Patrick, again, and I've known Patrick for a long time, I thought it was a little tongue-in-cheek, his post-game interview, which obviously became a big story. Right now, we know how good the Nets are. We know how talented they are. Has it made a difference among the fans? Like, Is there anybody that you know of, Frank, personally, that is now a Nets fan that wasn't previously? I think, Ross, I think what's happened is I think locally in New York, the Knicks are still the team. The Nets have become a bigger team nationally because of James Harden, former MVP, and then, of course, for Kevin Durant. You know, Harden they traded for, he's already played more games as a Net than Kevin Durant has had has played. Durant didn't play last year. He's only played 19 games this year. But to your point, I, they're just an exciting team to watch. And doing the games is fun, especially when Durant was out there because everyone knows that Kevin Durant is great. But when you see him all the time when he's playing, you have a greater appreciation for just how good he is. And the Nets, I'm watching the game. You know, I did the game last night, and Boston is a good team, and the game was competitive. And you catch yourself at some point thinking, the Celtics are going to have no chance to beat the Nets if Kevin Durant comes back and is healthy. 
He's no one in the East. I I don't think could beat them four to seven times. And really, Durant is like that's off the charts. Harden is brilliant. And then if Kyrie Irving, who is up and down, if he's going to play like that, engaged on both ends of the court, it makes the Nets that much better. All right, we're talking with Frank Isola. He's got a ton of jobs, including being a <laughs> Net Studio host on Yes. You can check out his show here on Sirius. I'm XM. now a homer and a shill. Yes, for the Nets. It's the starting lineup. So here's the deal, though, Frank. First of all, I don't like super teams. And look, yep. we've had that argument. A lot of people know that. A lot of people don't like super teams. And but especially this one. You know, Kyrie Irving is not a likable guy. Harden, in particular, the way it ended in Houston, does not seem like a likable guy. Even Kevin Durant, Frank, I'm kind of like, I don't know, you know, the burner account and couldn't beat him in Oklahoma City, so goes out to Golden State. Are there are they a likable team, or is this one of the most unlikable teams we've ever seen? I'll say this about James Harden, and I did not agree with the way that he handled his exit in Houston. I, I didn't like that at all. And you had a, a young coach in Steven Silas waited a long time to get that job, fellow Ivy Leaguer like yourself. And I didn't like that. He showed up for camp out of shape. He showed up late. Uh, Harden did. So to me, that was unprofessional. But since he's gotten to Brooklyn, the one thing about him, and this has been true throughout his career, the guy loves to play basketball. So he lives the life of a single guy. So he enjoys all the trappings of being a rich single guy. But when it comes to playing, he loves to play basketball. He's been incredibly unselfish. He looks to get other guys involved. And Kevin Durant is the same way. Kevin Durant very rarely makes a, takes a bad shot. He's unselfish. He defends. Kyrie Irving, I could see it because Kyrie's going to say things that are going to make you roll your eyes. Last night after the game, he said, I'm always about playing on the big stage. Well, hang on a second. Last year, the Nets went down to Orlando. You didn't go. So there was a big <laughs> stage last or last year in the summer. You decided not to go down there. I get it. Maybe the, the league needs a team to be the villains, and maybe that could be the Brooklyn Nets. But I'll say this, in terms of the way that they play, especially Harden and Durant, they're likable on the court with the way that they play. All right, do my Sixers, who, by the way, are homegrown, Embiid, Simmons, homegrown, do they have any chance to beat the Nets? All right, so this year, Joel Embiid has done a couple of things. He got himself in better shape. He took care of his fitness. I don't think he's just eating two hamburgers and a milkshake every night. I think he's worried more about his diet. The big thing will be, can he make it through a season and playing most of the games? If he does, he's going to have a great chance to be MVP. He's averaging 30 and 15, which is remarkable. And right now, he's he's had five games of 40 points, 10 rebounds, five of them. The rest of the NBA combined has had four. That's how good he's played. I think they could do it. I'm a bit – I love Ben Simmons. I don't care that Ben Simmons doesn't shoot three-pointers. The guy can defend. He's big. He's athletic. He gets to the basket. Doc Rivers has done a good job, and Tobias Harris has been that borderline all-star this year. Ross, remember, if the Nets play Brooklyn, the matchup problems, obviously, for both teams, the Nets have been unable to stop Joel Embiid. That will be a big issue if those two teams meet in the playoffs. Uh, I certainly hope so. I'm even getting folks on chat row like Brian Guido say, has there ever been a larger group of unlikable players on one team or what? (laughs) So shout out chat row. Fair or unfair, Frank? Well, I understand it because Kevin Durant left the small market Oklahoma City Thunder and he went to the Warriors, who were already an established team and were coming off a 72-win season. And this is what I don't get from Kevin Durant. You wanted to go to Golden State, and it worked. 
you were a two-time finals MVP. You would have won a third title had you not blown out your Achilles. And you left a great situation. You left Steph Curry, and you're kind of rolling the dice here in Brooklyn. Now, things are kind of set up for them. And if he's healthy, they're like I said, they could make a run. But I think Kevin Durant, if you listen to him in these post-game interviews, he's been incredibly humble. He has a box score in front of him. And when you ask him a question about the game, he knows why the team won, why they lost. He's just very much engaged. And he knows, I'll say this too, Ross, he knows that if this doesn't work out, he knows it's going to be on him. So for me, he's been fully invested in this team. All right, you mentioned Embiid and the MVP. Uh, I'm curious about LeBron, because for so long, people were saying LeBron MVP, LeBron MVP. It almost feels like, Frank, from afar, that LeBron's playing every game because he wants to win the MVP. And I like it. I don't like these guys that sit out games. I like that he's playing, but... Is he chasing the wrong thing? I mean, is he chasing the MVP at the expense of what might be best for the Lakers long-term? Well, you, you're definitely onto something because if you want to be MVP, you have to go for it. And I think that's going to be the thing with Embiid. You have to play in the games this year. It's 72, and LeBron's only missed one. And I think LeBron, he obviously cares about his legacy. To me, he is setting an unbelievable pace. And I think in a year, and you were just talking about Tom Brady before, the reason why these guys – can play at this level at this age is because number one, they keep their bodies in tip top shape, but they still want to win and they love competition. And I give LeBron a lot of credit. He's accomplished more than any active player right now in the NBA. And he still wants to win MVP and he wants to win one more championship. And that's all that it's about for him. And it's somewhat refreshing to see. And as you know, these guys now, Tom Brady, LeBron James, they play the game at a different level mentally. They're just so much smarter than the rest of the players. So why walk away at a time when, let's face it, you kind of have things figured out. But I think it'll be interesting to see over the next 20 games, if LeBron wants to be the MVP, Ross, he'll keep playing. If there comes a point when he says, you know what, I'm not going to be in tip-top shape for the playoffs. I'm going to back off. I think LeBron will decide whether or not he's going to be MVP this season. Check him out on SiriusXM NBA Radio, the starting lineup. He's on Around the Horn. He's on PTI. And he is the studio host for the most unlikable team in NBA history, <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets. Thank you, Frank. Go go, Penn. Beat Princeton. Take care. Oh, you know what? I wish we could even say that. I wish that was even happening. It's such a bummer because as an Ivy League guy, the Ivy League basketball, that's like the one time you get a chance to, to play against the big boys. It really is a little disheartening that all these other mid-majors get their chance to be out there, but the Ivy League guys don't. Yes, Paulie. Is that just Ivy League tradition that the football season is all about winning the Ivy title and it's so important? And I, I think that's why they do it, because the, the they Ivy want, tradition. Well, well, for football, they want yes. the, the Ivy League championship to be the be-all, end-all. The all. pinnacle. Right, but... I'm, I was talking basketball. Well, okay. You, for those who don't know, Ivy League football stops when the Ivy League is decided. They don't even have a playoff. It's just it's a regular season thing, right? Correct. You are not there. The Ivy League football champion does not play in the FCS tournament, which is a shame because there are years when Harvard or Yale, my alma mater, Yale, a couple Yale years had ago. some good teams. Dartmouth, McLovin's Dartmouth boys Jay have Fiedler. had some good teams. I mean, they, they should have the chance. I, I don't understand the argument that – we're trying to compete to be the best we can be, but let's not let these guys show they can be the best they can be. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, 
at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games, like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like... A lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. How long are, how long are our breaks, Seton? It's like four minutes? Uh, yeah, yeah. You'll have, you'll have a good five minutes. How many brats? Like, if, if I sat here, if the rules were I sat here until we went to break and I had to be back sitting here at the start of the next, in that five-minute period, how many brats do you think I could eat? Yes, Paulie. I would never doubt you because I've, I've seen you. But when you were at your peak, what were you, like 315, 320? I used to go to training camp between 320 and 325 so I could play the season at like 315. If it were on like a dare, how many bratwurst and buns and onions do you think you could have put down back then? First of all, 
Onions are gross and unnecessary. Wow. Yes. Watch it, man. You're you're messing with some people here now. Well, who am I messing with? Wisconsin, Chicago. Onions are. What, what's the point of the onion? To make brats even better than they already are. But how does that happen? Onions and mustard together. It's like uh, holy cow. It's like Brady and Belichick. Onions are disgusting. Uh, and my look, mom used to. Oh, uh, my mom used to always put onions and stuff. And, and I'd complain, and she'd say, oh, you can't even taste them. And I'd be like, hey, Mom, why are you putting them in if you can't even taste them? What is the logic? Because really, I don't like the texture. The taste I can live with, I don't like that little extra texture of onion in what I'm trying to eat. Yes. Yeah, but are you saying like raw onion, or are you saying like fried onions? Fried onions are about as good as anything that exists on the planet. McLovin's giving me the head so shake. You got cheesesteaks with no onions? I don't care for onions. Wow. You guys are, everybody's giving me the, the shake. Not grilled onions on a burger? That's fantastic. You know, Dan is a big anti-onion guy, too. So Is he? Yeah, oh, yeah. Is yeah. he, he an anti-onionite? He hates onions. Hates them. All right, so you guys are like, you guys are making me almost want to try it. Well, we don't want to force you. We want to hit you. I don't, you have I your don't choice. like the taste. I don't like the consistency while uh. I'm trying to eat the broth. I don't like that change of texture. We should move on before we lose another Wisconsin affiliate. Anyway, I could eat a lot of brats. I'll just say that much right now. I don't need all the bread, though. Uh, I do need Andrew Brandt. And thankfully, I get Andrew Brandt every week on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I also listen to the Business of Sports Podcast. Andrew's up there in Frank Isola category. with He's a columnist for the MMQB. He hosts the Business of Sports Podcast. He's an executive for Vayner Sports, Gary V, former Packers exec, speaking of brats, former ESPN legal and business analyst. He does stuff in Villanova, and he's got the best newsletter out there with his Sunday 7, which I enjoy every morning, every Sunday morning, getting that stuff. Andrew, long time no talk. How are you? Ross, man, 48 hours. How do we deal without being together? Here we are again. I appreciate all the intro, I always say I have a lot of jobs, so I don't have to have a real one. I, I love it. So, Andrew, <laughs> here's my question. You spent like 10 years in Green Bay, but I also know you are Mr. Healthy. Like the guy does triathlons. The guy's got ripped six-pack abs. Did you partake in brats when you lived in Wisconsin? Hmm. Well, only when I had to. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be this antisocial guy that shows up and then they're only serving brats. And I would go ask, uh, "Hey guys, you got any tofu?" <laughs> you know, that wouldn't have gone over well. So I played the game. But yeah, I mean, listen, Wisconsin is where I got into triathlon and running and biking because you talk about a hardy group of people. I mean, there are people running 350 days a year out there with the crampons on their shoes and the ice and snow. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they, they don't eat that healthy, but they can be very healthy out there. What's your policy on onions in general? Onions are fine. I'm good with onions. Okay. I got no issue with onions. Yeah, I, I don't like onions. Onions, <laughs> I, I don't detest them quite as much as mayonnaise, but they're up there. Mayonnaise is still, I mean, I, at this point in life, I just feel bad for people that like mayonnaise. Uh, at, at any mayonnaise rate, is bad, and beets. Beets is my thing. Yeah, I'm not going near beets. Yeah, and Tom Brady's not going near onions or mayonnaise because he knows what's up. You know what's up. So we're seeing a lot of this, Andrew. 
Brady signs a four-year deal, but they're saying it's really only one more. Saves the team $19 million against the cap. What What is all this going on? Yeah, it looks like Tampa's using Brady to get their cap uh, relief. You know, we see this around the league right now, Ross, where teams are bonusing out players. And when you bonus, you can prorate out the bonus for the years remaining on the contract. So you lower your cap this year. So Brady's making 25, basically takes 24 of it, puts it into a signing bonus that's prorated, adds a few years to the contract. Some of them are voidable, which mean they're just dummy years. They're for proration purposes, and they lower the cap number by $19 million. I mean, again, you know me, Ross. I always say whether well, you're going you're gonna to push out pain and you're going to have pain down the road, but Tampa's managed the cap well. It's teams like the Saints and the Steelers that have this constant push out and constant restructuring, and it's going to haunt them. You're already seeing, seeing that with the Saints having to cut so many players right now. And it's hard time right now. I mean, this is it, Ross. We have never seen – a cap decrease. I've been around the NFL 25 years, and here we go. And teams are slicing, dicing, whatever they need to do to get under. So, you, I mean, you already said it. You don't like this. You don't like no. when teams do the voidable years. You don't like when they push stuff out. But I guess in fairness, and they thought the cap would be like close to 210. It's 182. So, if there was ever a year where it's understandable, this is the one, right? Yeah, it's un- yeah because people are going to rationalize, yeah, we'll get the big cap increases with the big TV deals. I guess my point is this, Ross. There are, I don't know, 15, 20 teams, maybe 15, that are not doing this, right? And I am saying they are going to be more advantaged, maybe short-term, certainly long-term, by not doing this. Getting ahead of the curve, having a lot of cap room, being able to load cap and cash the same way, where you have flexibility down the road, you're not starting uphill with huge dead num- numbers on your cap. Talking with my buddy, Andrew Brandt, at Andrew Brandt on Twitter. He's got the Business of Sports podcast among a bunch of different things. So here's my question about the Chiefs. Yesterday, Andrew, the Chiefs released Eric Fisher and Mitch Schwartz. They yeah. both just had major surgeries in February. Now, I don't know if you were ever the guy – that had to call and cut guys. I know you had great relationships with agents, and obviously they're doing it to save $18 million against the cap. But don't you, wouldn't you feel a little dirty calling a guy to tell him you're firing him a month after he just had a major surgery? Yeah, and let's talk about the, the, the legalities here. You can't cut a player who's injured in terms of having – remaining time on their contract that's going to pay them. Now, here we are in the off-season. So if this was the season and you cut a guy and an independent doctor says, you know, he's got eight weeks left on his injury, you got to pay him. But now there's no game for six months. So I guess you can legally say, well, by that time, you know, you're certainly going to be ready to play, so we don't, we don't owe you any money. But you're talking about the morality of it. And that's tough. I mean, Mitchell Schwartz, Eric Fisher, I mean, these guys are, are integral to their Super Bowl runs, and it's just unfortunate. But that's where we are right now. I, I mean, you know me, Ross. When I hear things about player empowerment, I'm like, hello? Have you seen February and March every year in the NFL? You're seeing this happen. You're seeing these massive cuts that are coming, uh, have been happening, and are going to cut hundreds of millions of dollars just vanishes. 
Is there somebody to blame for that, Andrew? Is there somebody to blame for the fact that a guy can have an Achilles tendon surgery in February or a back surgery in February and be fired in March? Because, I mean, that, that doesn't happen in the other sports. No, I mean, what, why it doesn't happen in the other sports is you can do all that you just mentioned, Ross, but you got to pay him. And what we're talking about is lack of future guarantees. And I've, you know, it's a long involved subject, but it's two parts. One, can the individual agent do something about it, which they don't seem to be able to do past like two years, you know me, two years and we'll see. And then can the union do something about it where they would say, hey, you cut a veteran before the season, you still got to pay him, pick a number, 10% of his salary. You know, that could be negotiated in but that's never been done in football and the lack of guarantees make it so different than other sports. So let's get to Russell Wilson. Uh, and I guess on some level Deshaun Watson as well. Yeah. You were the point person with the agents. That was your job for the Packers. I see the helmet behind you. You're wearing green. Yeah. What, what would you be doing right now? What would you be saying to their agents? Cause Deshaun Watson clearly wants out, and it kind of seems like Russell Wilson does too. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. That's always the gateway for me with players was the agent because you have to, like you mentioned, I work on those relationships. When I went on road trips and I'm in Detroit or Dallas or Denver, I'm like, I look up the agents in that area and have a, have a drink. You know, it's these kind of situations where you need that. And, and so you're going to Russ's agent and you're going to Deshaun's agent saying, what's the deal? How can we fix it? Now, I've been on this show with Dan, <laughs> I was wrong on Wentz, saying that Deshaun's not going anywhere. Uh, I am not saying that on Russell Ross because the team. You know, the team has said in Houston, he's our quarterback. We're, you know, we're not trading him. The team in Seattle has not said that, which to me is like, oh, oh. I mean, that is bigger news to me than Russ saying he's, you know, picks these teams or whatever it is. So until the Seahawks say he's our quarterback, that could happen. So then it becomes, I'm looking at this, Ross, how do you get value? How do you get equal value for Russell Wilson? I don't want draft picks. Who wants draft picks? They're not going to amount to Russell Wilson. So now you're talking about, man, can he get the best offensive player, the best defensive player on the team, and all those kind of things to, to add up. But, yeah, it's like what's the relationship there and why can't it be fixed? That's my question. If you were Ryan Pace, the Bears GM, yeah, is there any amount that's too much to give up to try to get Russell Wilson? I mean, that's one of the four teams he said. He's not going to the Saints. He's not going to the Cowboys. He's not going to the Raiders. It's really just the Bears. I mean, what are you willing to give up for him if you're the Bears? You know, I just said the opposite. I would give up a lot of picks. But if I'm the Seahawks, why do I care about picks? You know, none of the picks is going to amount to Russell Wilson, Russell, even if combined. So would he give up Khalil Mack? Would he give up his best offensive player? You know, not Robinson, because he's not signed. He's a tag player. Would he give up <laughs> a bunch of draft picks? I, that's why it's hard for me, Ross. I can't even come up with a package for these teams. Like, if I'm the Seahawks, you know, I'm like, you know, keep offering. Just keep, keep, keep offering. It's not good enough. Andrew, so that's why I think he won't be traded. Yeah, I got to ask you about the DAC contract because yeah. I talk with you every week on the Ross Tucker podcast, and I think on Wednesday you said something I've never heard you say before. I asked you what you thought about the DAC contract. Tell everybody, tell all the Dan Patrick Show listeners what you thought about the DAC as it relates to him and the Cowboys. He won. 
He won. You know, every marker, he set a new record. First year money, 75 million. Three year money, 126 million. Four year money, 160 million. Three year money is twice, repeat, twice the three year money of Patrick Mahomes' first three years. And the most important part of all that, Ross, he's a free agent at age 31, or the Cowboys are leveraged once again at age 30. So I just think like every marker you look at in a contract, he won. And I'm amused by the people that said six months ago, oh, he hurt his leverage. You should have taken the deal. He got hurt. Doesn't matter. He won. I've never said that. <laughs> Maybe not never, but I don't say that often because management usually wins. Well, I win every time I get a chance to talk with you because I learn a bunch. Love getting an expert opinion such as yourself. Check him out on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Certainly check out the Business of Sports podcast. Andrew, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Ross. Newsletter, andrew-brandt.com. Love it. Andrew-brandt.com. Free newsletter Sunday morning. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.